Mic check. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Mic check. One, two, one, two. We are back for another episode. It's a taste to consider podcast. Yes, indeed. Back for another episode. Let's go. It's a taste to consider podcast. We're back for another episode. Let's go. To the podcast. I wouldn't be here today if the old school didn't pay the way. I wouldn't be here today if the for the homies in my hood, learn to smack a bitch. I remember way back the week we they had too many seeds in the trade bag. I'm on the train heading uptown, freestyling with some wild kids from Bucktown. Profiling just the hoop chicks for seven, taking where the niggas wearing. I'm wondering if that's ahead. I remember stick ball, hunting hoochies on the ball. I'll take your leaks on the steps, thinking up the hall. Through my childhood, wild as a juvenile, a young nigga trying to stay away. Nothing like the old school. Nothing like the old school. Taste to consider podcast. Nothing like the old school. Remember popping and locking at Curtis Blow, the knee belts, and Scott LaRock, the super hole, back in Latin quarters, when Slick Rick was spitting lotty dotty, came in the hoochies at the neighborhood block, parties I remember, break dancing in the Melly Mel, tickling hot LL when he rocked the bells, forget the TV, I'm about to hit the streets and do graffiti, be careful, don't let the transit cops see me, ain't nothing like the old school, say sick and sit up, podcast, let's go, old school, 
nothing like the old school. Say sick and set up podcast. Yes, indeed, we're back for another episode. Yes, I played that because last week was the fiftieth birthday of hip hop. Yes, fiftieth birthday of hip hop. So hip hop has been around longer than I've been old. <laughs> I've been alive. <laughs> I'm turning forty two years old this year. And hip-hop is older than me, yes. <laughs> but a lot of the earliest memories that I have of hip-hop was um, from my brother, my older brother. Uh, when he was in high school and he had his own car and stuff like that. And I would listen to rap music that he would play, uh, EMP, EPMD, Daz Effects, um, Red Man, uh, shoot, Pete Rock, CL Smooth. He used to play a lot of early Ice Cube after Ice Cube left uh, NWA. Um, so yeah, that was a lot. Those was like my early memories of like hip hop. Um, but when I started like you know just ingesting it or listening to it myself, a lot of my my earliest memories was uh, Keith Murray stuff like that. Um, I remember buying singles. I was sneaking and buying the singles. <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, you know, my earliest memories also deal with the person that I just played, Pac. Um, Digital Underground. I knew who Pac was. I didn't know who, what his name was, but I knew I knew he was in the group Digital Underground um, from the same song, song. <laughs> And from the movie, uh, damn, what's the name of the movie? Um, Nothing But Trouble. And they performed, they was in the movie. They performed the song in the movie, same song. And, um, yeah, and I remember, and I've told this story plenty of times on the pod before, uh, when Pac came out um, with, with my homies called and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, that's the dude from uh, Digital Underground or whatever. And I remember watching the box um, and that song would always come on and you know what I'm saying how I I love that song. <laughs> so Pac was one of my like Pac was like the the only dude like early when I was younger. 91 when he came out s- solo, I was probably 9 10 years old. So that was the first person that I gravitated towards and it's been on ever since. But you know, um in the course of growing up and stuff like that, you know, I've uh, I've liked other people or been a fan of other people, Nas, DMX, um, Fifty Cent, 
people like that, Kendrick Lamar stuff. So, you know, I'm not really a big hip hop head. I'm more of an R and B person. But yeah. So those are my early memories of, of hip hop, you know, so yeah. <laughs> so I thought it would it was cool to play that song. Um in honor of hip hop's fiftieth birthday or anniversary, whatever you wanna call it. But yeah, we back for another episode, episode 101. Yeah, shout out to everybody who hit me up, who listened, who watched. Shout out to all the Spotify listeners, the Apple Podcast listeners, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Music, all the uh, streaming services that you can listen to my pod on. Shout out to all of you. Shout out to all the YouTube watchers. Um that uh watched the 100th episode um those numbers definitely have been up shout out to all the people just hit me up and just you know what i'm saying say that it was good just to see the you and you gang back together the unproductive and unapologetic podcast so shout out to you uh shout out to the you and you network um unprocessed knowledge he just released like two episodes uh shout out to separate uh, the two podcasts they released the episode. Shout out to Reservation for three. Uh, shout out to Three Stars, Two Bars. Um, yeah, shout out to everybody who came through and supported me with the 100th episode, donated to the show, all that good stuff. I appreciate you. And shout out to all the people who have been watching the new show on YouTube on the Taste to Consider Network. Uh, Taste Reviews, the drink edition. It's two episodes out right now. Shout out to everybody who's watched the show, who's hit me up about it, who's actually taking my recommendations. I've seen you out there. I've seen you actually posted posted it on your Instagram stories that, you know what I'm saying, you you took my my, uh, recommendations, (laughs) my reviews, my taste reviews, and y'all, you know what I'm saying, um, purchased the, the alcohol that I reviews so far the bourbons the whiskeys and y'all taking um a chance on them yeah so you know you can donate to the show you know um donate to uh a taste to consider network all of the proceeds the donations will be going to the show trust me they will be going to the show because buying alcohol (laughs) if you know buying alcohol is not (laughs) is not cheap so yeah um episode three of uh taste reviews drink edition will be coming uh this thursday today is saturday um august 19th so taste reviews drink edition episode three will be coming thursday so look out for that on a taste to consider network on youtube so make sure you subscribe like share download um, all the options that you got on whatever platforms you are listening or watching me on, please take advantage of those. Um, yeah, I definitely appreciate you. So yeah, we're back, back for another episode, 100th episode. Let me get started because, um, it's about 630 right now. Burp number one, burp number two, and I'm getting hungry. So, I'm you know I'm not gonna sell you short 
of the episode, but I am hungry. So I'm going to try to get through this episode as quickly as I, I can. But, you know, I always later the, the episode out. I got my outline here, got my topics here, and we're going to get into it. So let me start off with a clip. Y'all know how I do. Cognitive dissonance is when we know something is wrong in our heart, but because it's so catchy and so appealing, we keep going along with it. And that's what we do with a lot of rap music, you heard me? I say this, I say, people don't want that real, they just say that they do. Now, people don't want that real, and I'm one of them too. I'm so easily entertained by ratchet activity, violent negative imagery always seem to interest me. I tell myself, no more music glorifying evil, selling drugs, womanizing, killing our people. Then I hear a song with a tight beat and can't deny it. The hook is catchy, so I subconsciously memorize it. Next thing you know, I'm reciting all the lyrics. And my day don't feel complete unless I hear it. Inviting darkness in my spirit, this can't be light. I'm craving what I'm supposed to be fighting, this can't be right. I must be blind to the effects, this can't be sight. Death is in the power of the tongue, and this can't be life. Be careful what you get involved with, cause you can't support a cause, but then hate the effects that it causes. Do I really want change? Am I really who I claim? When that final day comes, Lord, will you call my name? This is really on my brain. Thank you, Chicago. I Yes, I played that clip for a reason. Y'all know everything is for a reason on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so the reason why I played this clip is because, of course, of course, y'all y'all hear me saying, of course, and y'all like, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? Only I know, right? <laughs> Only I know. <laughs> Man, I thought we was done with this Kiki Palmer and Usher shit. I thought we was done with it, but obviously we not. So let me start with this. And this is what I'm talking about with the clip. Usher, this week, and this is one of the reasons why I'm recording now is because this popped up. So I had to readjust the whole episode and I didn't record last week. That's why I'm a week behind. But that's cool. That's cool. Y'all know how I, how I work. Y'all know how I do. So, Usher released this new video song called Boyfriend. And Kiki Palmer's in it. So, they playing off of the bullshit that we've already discussed. You know what I'm saying? I thought we was over this. I really thought we was over this. And usually, with the way society is today, with the overstimulation, overconsumption, quick, fi- quick fixes, quick stimulize and all that other stuff stuff be here and gone real quick but hey they capitalizing off of this my issue with it is usher the caliber of uh, artist that he is he's an r&b legend like usher doesn't have to do anything else to solidify his legendary status but he decided that he wanted to he wanted to go this route, this gimmicky route. Like I haven't even listened to the full song, but from the from the clips and the previews that they rele- that he released from it, 
the song is trash. I mean, I'm just gonna put it out there. The song is trash, and I feel like the shit is is a, is above him. I feel like this gimmicky shit is above him. But today we live in a society where you always, you know, what I'm saying, where people just want, you know, what I'm saying, they gotta stay relevant, they gotta have the attention, they want to feel that love and stuff like that. Like I, I expected more of this from Kiki Palmer as opposed to Usher. But the fact that Kiki Palmer is even in the video and all this other stuff, like, I'm I'm just sitting here like, this shit is corny, bro. This shit is corny. This shit is straight corny. And a lot of times, people think being corny is gender specific. They think being corny only applies to men. But being corny can apply to women as well. And Kiki Palmer is corny as hell in this situation like i said this is a taste to consider podcast these are my views and what i found is interesting is that you know what i'm saying i saw a lot of people that you know i know and follow commenting on like posts that has to do with this that i was shocked that i was surprised like damn you actually feel that way you actually in support of this bullshit but i'm not going to take that as i need to look at them a certain way or I need to unfollow them or I need to block them and anything like that because I have learned that everybody should be an individual you know what I'm saying even if they following in that moment that don't mean that I gotta write them off I'm that's what this podcast is all about a taste to consider you ain't gotta write me off I know there's plenty of people that have unfollowed me and stuff like that like i've I've seen like the numbers when i've ha- when I've had certain episodes of the podcast people have unfollowed me unsubscribed from my uh YouTube page and stuff like that it's all good because I get it some people just can't handle the things that people say or their opinions and stuff like that but I've learned that you know what I'm saying just because somebody has an opinion on something that is different than yours that you have to unfollow them or unfriend them or or look at them a certain way or whatever i mean you take note of these things but that doesn't mean that you have to totally write them off i'm of the the thought that you know i'm saying nobody should totally have the same opinions thoughts feelings and emotions on certain topics that everybody else has i don't like the following shit I like the individuality shit. <laughs> so I would rather you not totally agree or support everything that I'm agreeing with or supporting and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? That's where that that breeds or that creates a space or atmosphere of learning, of understanding. And that's one of the things that is totally missing from society as a whole understanding understanding period you know what i'm saying because we aren't we all unique individuals we all come from different walks of life we all had different experiences sometimes we've had similar experiences but we see them in different ways so there has to be a understanding or giving of some sort of grace in these situations like since i've been pardoned and i've been pardoned since 2017 that's one of the things that i've come to learn even more and i've had to take account of and you know what i'm saying hold myself accountable in certain situations 
when somebody doesn't agree with me or they have a different opinion and stuff like that. So I'm very grateful for podcasting in that sense, you know, and in this this journey and this walk that I'm taking down with this with this medium podcasting. But when it comes down to it, Kiki Palmer corny as hell. And I feel like Usher was like beyond, you know what I'm saying? He's beyond this this gimmicky shit. Um, like I've talked about before with this Kiki Palmer stuff that, you know what I'm saying? Kiki Palmer never, she never really been in a situation where she's gotten this sort of attention. And that's why I was surprised with Usher playing into all of this gimmicky crap. Because Usher, you know what I'm saying? He's been a star for a minute. Usher's been a legend for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Usher has been on the stage with Michael Jackson, the ultimate goat of goats, the ultimate legends of legends, you know? So, but I get it. You know what I'm saying? The times that we live in, people people need that attention. They want that attention. People got to stay relevant and stuff like that. So they're going to capitalize off of it. But I feel like, people's values and their morals and stuff like that are, are totally compromised just based off of getting a, a, some quick love or some quick stimuli and, you know what I'm saying, quick attention and stuff like that. So I was kind of disappointed in Usher, but I'm still a fan of Usher. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to stop listen, listening to Usher's music. I'm just not going to listen to this bullshit-ass song that he got out. <laughs> I've never been I I've never been a, a fan of Kiki Palmer, you know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? So I've noticed her and stuff like that, but this has never been the thing where, oh, you know what I'm saying, oh, I gotta go listen to this Kiki Palmer song, or I gotta go watch this Kiki Palmer movie. And it's not hate, it's just me, you know what I'm saying? I'm just not a big fan of hers, you know what I'm saying? And there's it's nothing to do with her personally, anything like that. She just never hit my radar like that. But I feel like this situation is just, you know what I'm saying, corny. And I feel like she's been corny in this situation because she's compromising her relationship with her child's father or and whatever intimate and romantic relationship that they have for some attention, some publicity, some maybe some some extra cash and stuff like that. How far do we go for this? And it's it's not surprising, but it's disappointing to see the level of people and society that is championing this and rooting this on. Like it is is it's sad to me. It's very sad to me. <laughs> Cause there's definitely been people who have been Kiki Palmer fans, definitely. But since she's had this child. And she's presented herself more physically in a sexual manner and stuff like that. It is heightened um, on both ends, male and female women, you know, what I'm saying trying to live through her and and that fake empowerment and dudes lusting over her and stuff like that. So I get it. But like I said. You can always tell when a person has never been here before. They've never gotten attention before. They've, you know what I'm saying? They've never been in a position to be in control of a situation 
or whatever. So they take advantage of it in a way that isn't positive. And that's how I look at it with Kiki Palmer. And one of the things that I was disappointed in and I tweeted about this and I talked about how, you know, Usher and how he's a legend and how like this this gimmicky song and stuff like that is possibly at the the expense of another black man's mental health. Because what it let's say and and I don't want to put this out there, but let, let's be realistic about how things go in society and not just from a celebrity point of view, from a common person's point of view. Not saying that celebrities are better than us common folk, but just speaking to the semantics of things. If these situations have happened in the common world or whatever, if the person who was on the baby father was on the end of this this type of campaign or whatever or this type of publicity and just taking out the common and the celebrity just period like you never know what this can do to somebody's mental health you know what i'm saying you never know like what if somebody in this situation commits suicide because they couldn't take the the enormous amount of attention and pressure that's being put on them. You have so many people on social media and in the in the public burp number three or four, I can't remember. In society that's talking about, you know what I'm saying, that's making fun of the baby father for being in the situation and stuff. And that is out there, you know what I'm saying? That is definitely out there. What if he commits suicide or something like that? What if he tries to harm himself in any type of manner because of this type of abuse that is being upon placed upon him? This type of bullying, because this is bullying. If you wanna, if you wanna uh, be for real, and what I find interesting is a lot of women are living through these situations and and projecting whatever stuff that they've gone through onto this man that they don't even know. That they're living through this celebrity, Kiki Palmer, that they don't even know. And this is what is sad to me. This is what disappoints me. And this is this is the reason why I talk so much about mental health stuff because of these type of situations. Because I take mental health awareness seriously based off of my journey and me learning the things that I've learned about myself and the people who are around me or who played a role into my mental health development. You know what I'm saying? I take that stuff seriously and I don't take it lightly. Am I perfect in these situations? No. But do I get it? Yes. (laughs) So it says, um, these are some of the lyrics from the, the Usher song. It says, quote, somebody said that your boyfriend's looking for me. 
Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you should know I'm pretty easy to find. Just look for me wherever he sees you. And then part of the video, Kiki Palmer basically said that she basically said what her her child's father tweeted out about, you know what I'm saying, well, I'm a mother type stuff. So it's like it's clowning him. Like, and, and that's some corny behavior to me. I'm sorry. I'm not going, no matter what somebody has done to me in my own personal life, I'm not going to take that and project that onto another situation. Have I done it before? Sure. I'm probably sure I have done it before. But I'm more in this situation now, more emotionally mature now, more emotionally intelligent now, that I can understand how these things can affect a person. And this has gone too far at this point. Like, this has gone too far. Like, we should have been over and done with this with this situation. Like, the fact that this shit is popping back up is 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 crazy to me. You got, I've seen, I've gone through comments of, of the the post that Usher and Kiki Palmer have posted and other um pages, shade rooms, spiritual word and stuff like that about this situation. And people talk about something, it's just a publicity stunt. Why y'all tripping and all this other stuff? Let me read some I, I took screenshots of some of the comments. It says, Y'all stupid. That was a publicity stunt and promo for this video. Her and that boy probably still together and giving y'all a show. That's why you gotta mind your own relationship and not other people's. Yeah, we don't know what's exactly going on with their relationship or anything like that. But how is it okay when, how is it being in somebody in their business when you're not defending the corniness or the publicity stunts, the quote-unquote publicity stunts, if that is true, but if you're supporting it, that's not you being in their business. Come on now, it's not making sense. We always do this tit for tat shit when it uh, when it is appeases our projection or appeases us or our feelings and opinions about the situation. Here's another comment. It should never be at the expense of another, especially the father of your child. You should never say, quote, I'm here for this messiness, end quote. You become part of the problem and the toxicity of a community. And that's that's how I feel. That that's how I feel. Like at the expense of another person's mental health. So if this, so if he decided, and I and I, I hate to say this, but let's be real in this these type of situations do happen from time to time. What if he decides to try to hurt himself or is successful in hurting himself or has some sort of um suicidal ideations or whatever? then that child is totally left without their father. And then even, not even to that extreme or whatever, they break up. And then it's a split situation where these two people have animosity towards each other or resentment towards each other and they can't communicate properly or they can't work together properly on the child's benefit, for the child's benefit. It's just, I, I'm just, I'm not surprised, like I said, but I am disappointed in how people just project whatever they've gone through and stuff like that through this 
do celebrity shit. I know what happens all the time. I definitely do. I've done plenty of podcasts solely talking about this. <laughs> but it's just it's just crazy. And it's it shows you that a lot of people need help. They need emotional, mental help because they don't they don't see. And even if they do see, they don't know how to work through or heal through the traumas and the issues that they have that center around relationships. But yeah, um, it's just it's just crazy because it's like you decided to lay down with with this man, have a child with him, but then it's okay to clown him and all that other stuff. So how do you, how did you how do you really feel about this dude? How do you really feel about this dude that one minute you you and you so in love with him, you so infatuated with him or whatever it is that you decided to have a child with him. But then on the other side, when it benefits you professionally or financially, then it's just like he doesn't mean nothing to you. Come on now. That it it kind of, to me, it makes you look more like the joke as opposed to him being the joke in this situation, but you know what do I know? <laughs> it's just crazy, but this I will be going more and more into this this situation indirectly <laughs> in the in the midst of this episode, you know, um, it's just people's egos, their prize, and their arrogance and stuff will just put them in a situation where and them being um emotionally immature and not understanding how to control their emotions and stuff like that or being gassed up by other people's projections and their emotions and stuff like that will lead you down a path that wasn't really the path that you wanted to take but then by the time you realize it if you ever realize it it's it's, it's too late you know So moving on from that Kiki Palmer Usher shit, Doja Cat said that um, this is this is the this is the caption. Uh, it says Doja Cat responds to fans asking if she can say she loves them. "Quote: I don't, I don't though, cause I don't even know y'all." End quote. And this is and the reason why I brought this up was cause like. I talk about this all the time, the celebrity shit, like people be so caught up into the celebrity stuff, you know, that these people don't know you. They don't care about you. You don't know them and y'all don't really care about them. The only reason y'all show so much attention to them is because particularly in the black community is because y'all feel that y'all can get something from them or, you know, maybe if y'all attach yourself to them that It'll, you know what I'm saying, make yourselves feel worthy or enough or something. You know, I don't get it. I'm not a licensed professional, so I, I can't really dive into the full extent of of the emotional and mental um, diagnosis of why we so 
we care so much, particularly in the black community, about these fucking celebrities because they don't care about us. And we don't really care about them. It's just some following shit. People feel as though they got to attach themselves to a celebrity or what a celebrity does because that means that they're in they're in the know or they're they're cool or pop i don't know like when it comes to the black community the black quote-unquote culture it's all about that popularity shit so then this is more on the doja cat stuff it says doja cat criticizes her fans for adopting the term kittens as their fandom name quote if you call yourself a kitten or fucking kittens that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house. This is coming from a celebrity talking to her fans. <laughs> and then after all, after her saying all this stuff, she lost like a half a million followers on on uh, on social media. And she she responded to that. She was like, she's glad because now she feels free. And this is what I'm talking about with people caring about these celebrities that y'all don't know. They don't know you. It doesn't matter to them, you know. They'll they'll give you whatever they need to give you in order to get their money. But they don't care about you. They don't. (laughs) So she was like, after she lost those half a million followers, she was like, she's glad because she feels free now. (laughs) But moving on, just another example of fandom and celebrities and people who are popular. Terrence Crawford, he did an interview, and this is what he said, quote, If I was to go and get punched in the head tomorrow when I spar and I have a brain injury and can't box no more and I'm in a coma, a lot of people going to tweet, prayers, I'm going to pray for them. But then what? They're going to do their daily routine. None of them going to come and visit me. None of them going to put no money on my doctor's bill. Just another boxer lost in this world, end quote. And see, like celebrities, they get it. They'll sell you what they need to sell you in order to get what they need to get. But they they understand this. And I'm going to read this other tweet from uh my man. Greg G. Deck from Separate the Two Podcast. He responded to this uh this tweet. He says, How many of his supporters would he actually pray for and go see if they was going through something? He ain't putting money in their pockets, but I'm sure he gets paid by his quote unquote supporters. And he's totally right. And this is what I've been saying. They'll sell you what they need to sell you in order to get what they need. But they don't care about you after that. And we don't really care about them. Really? <laughs> we don't. We just trying to attach ourselves to something. We trying to be seen by them. We trying to be heard by them. Because we trying to get something out of them. It seems in the black community, the black culture, a lot of the relationships that we want to have or have are solely based on transactional relationships or attentionships, like I like I say. I talked about it on the 100th episode, attentionships. So that's another example. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So let me pull this clip up, right? There's another uh, celebrity, quote-unquote celebrity, or person in the spotlight or has some popularity around him. So let me pull this clip up. Let me find it. Here it go right here. And this clip is coming from Devon Franklin. Y'all know I've talked about for the the um 100% supporters <laughs> that listen to every episode. Y'all know that I like Devon Franklin. Devon Franklin is a, a preacher. He used to be married to Megan Good. And you know what I'm saying? I I like Devon Franklin. I like I've seen him in person preach before, so you know what I'm saying? I like him as a person. I follow him on Instagram and stuff like that. I like some of the messages that he put out there. But this particular message I don't like. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop supporting him or following him. I just don't agree with him in this in this particular instance. So I'm going to play the clip. It's really interesting. In verse 22, this is the creation of the woman, Eve. But you don't hear Eve coming into the earth saying, where's my man? <laughs> huh? Am I reading it right? It says the man said, Eve came into the earth. Watch this. Adam was the one who was broken. Eve came into the earth whole. She had both ribs. Society wants women to believe. You're broken if you're not with somebody. Mm. But God says the woman came into the earth complete, not seeking or needing anyone or anything. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you got to stand in your power. You are one of one. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you if you're not with somebody. You as a woman are complete. You're whole. Ah, and I got to say it because I'm tired of us supporting a culture that tries to make women think there's something wrong with them if they're not married. It's just not true. This is really interesting. In verse 22, this is the creation of the woman, Eve. But you don't hear. So that was the clip. All right. I'm going to start off by saying this. I'm going to play the clip again, and then I'm going to pause and go through it. So. The only thing I agree with him in this clip is no person needs marriage or a relationship to be whole. That's it. That's all I'm going to agree with. What I have a problem with in this instance is his manipulation of a biblical text in order to pander and appease the audience that is in front of him. I grew up in the church. Granddad, great granddad, my brother, my mentor, all the pastors. I know I know about the Bible. <laughs> um, I know about church. I know about growing up in church. I know about the politics of church. I was on the board at one point. I, I've been involved in the church. I get it. I understand the politics of church. So. That doesn't mean that I know everything, but that definitely means that I know something. <laughs> so don't try to play me, debate me, or DM me after this. You can if you want to, um, but y'all know how I feel about debates. I'm more of a conversational person. I'm not going to debate with you. It's a waste of time. I'll have a conversation with you. But 
And let me say this while I'm thinking about it now. It from the 100th episode, there's been a lot. There was a there was a few women who said, "Are you going to have women on the show?" I've had women on the show before. Will I have women on the show again? Possibly, but it has to make sense. And when I say it has to make sense, they have to have a platform as well. They have to have some sort of purpose or they have to be, you know what I'm saying? It has to make sense. I'm not just going to have any random woman that's walking the street on my show. And I don't want a woman to come on my show thinking that we're going to debate men and women issues because that's not what I'm about. My podcast and particularly the last episode was was solely focused on a man's perspective, a man's point of view about things. And it's just opinions to consider. Not stating as fact. Just things to consider. So will there be women on the podcast in the future? I'm sure there will be, but it has to make sense. It's not just going to be random women on here just to go back and forth and argue about men and women stuff. Because I don't even like talking about all of this relationship stuff all the time. I don't. Uh, I, I'm, I feel as though that I'm, I'm beyond doing all of that. Do I feel relationships are important? Yes, I do. But there's other things that I'm interested in that I do like to talk about. Um, and that I'm passionate about, and I don't want to keep it solely based on relationship shit. And I don't want to be talking about the same stuff that everybody's talking about. Granted, I mean, you, I can't get around it at times because I do have a podcast, I do have a platform, I do have listeners, so I have to um, talk about certain things that they are into. So I'm not opposed, you know, to the relationship talk all the time but i just when i do talk about it and particularly majority of episodes i do talk about relationship stuff but i tie it into mental health stuff or i tie it into personal experiences or i tie it into a collective message but going back to the clip i'm gonna play the clip again and i'm gonna pause and comment throughout it so here we go. Into the earth saying, where's my man? Let me rewind it. This is really interesting. In verse 22, this is the creation of the woman, Eve. But you don't hear Eve coming into the earth saying, where's my man? And this is the problem when a lot of pastors talk about um, biblical stuff and they try to apply it to present stuff. It doesn't align. It doesn't. Um, you can't align what supposedly happened back then, centuries ago, to what's present now. You can't 100, I will say this, you can't 100% apply it or align it with what's happening now. You can use it as examples, but you can't, align it and apply it 100% with what's happening presently. You can't do that. In the biblical text, God created Eve as a helper, as a helpmate for Adam. 
Huh? Am I reading it right? It says, the man said, Eve came into the earth. Watch this. Adam was the one who was broken. Did it say that? I don't think it said that. From my recollection, it said that God took a piece of rib from Adam to create Eve. That don't mean that Adam was broken. But we should understand, particularly black people, we should understand that people will in interpret the, these biblical texts and preach them and align them with how they want to use them for their personal gain. Because from my interpretation from years from this story, I remember having a damn dollar store kids Bible and first learning this story when I was a young kid before I even started going to church. And my interpretation of it was that Adam sacrificed, God sacrificed a piece of Adam to create his helpmate Eve. So they were one of one. You heard in this clip, he was talking about some one of one. Adam and Eve was one of one of one. They came from each other. Eve came from Adam. They are part of each other. They're connected to each other. They're partners. Eve came into the earth whole. She had both ribs. And see, this is when I talk about the manipulation of text. So, yeah, let's 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 run with what he said. Eve was whole. She came into the earth whole. Cool. But didn't Adam come into the earth whole when he was created by God first? This ain't no this ain't no competition of man, man or woman, female and male, woman or man. But the people seem to want to make it always a competition. Like I already said, my interpretation of it is they're partners. They came from each other. They're connected to each other. If we want to talk about whole and all this other stuff, both of them were whole at some point. Adam was whole when he was first created. Eve was whole once she was created from a piece from Adam. So they're both whole because Eve came from a whole being. Society wants women to believe you're broken if you're not with somebody. But yes, society does believe that. But you can't apply that and align that with the biblical text. It's obvious that this audience that he's in front of is majority women. You can't see you can't see the audience in the video. The camera's only on him. But based off of the the crowd's response, it's majority women. If not all women. 
It's probably it was probably a women's summit or a women's retreat or something. Cause I don't hear no men in the crowd. God says the woman came into the earth complete, not seeking or needing anyone or anything. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you gotta stand in your power. You are one of one. See, and this is what I have a problem with. So is it's like sort of that he's pushing the narrative that Adam needed somebody, but the woman didn't need nobody. <laughs> and that's wrong. And he should know better. He should know better. And this is the one of the problems that I've had with the church, particularly the black church. I've had a problem with this and I've I played around and mentioned it every now and then. That but one of the problems that I had with the black church, and I'm not going to go too in-depth in it. I'm just going to state this point right here, is that I've noticed a lot with black churches, they focus a lot on romantic relationships. They have these singles retreats and singles um, events and, and all that other stuff, or they talk about a lot of men and women relationships or whatever not saying that that's wrong but what about the upliftment of the individual because if you want to solely focus on the text and you focus on the savior who is jesus christ did he have a helpmate did he have a woman or anything like that did he have a wife or anything and this is why i don't want to go all in depth into it but this is just, I'm just going to leave it here right now. I'm going to go back to the clip. <laughs> nothing wrong with you if you're not with somebody. You as a woman are complete. You're whole. Ah, and I got to say it. And there, there may not be nothing wrong with a woman because she's not in a relationship or married. And there may be something wrong with her. She may have some healing to go through. She may have something going on with her, some fears, some anxieties around being in a committed relationship. Just like a man has those same things. But you can't be in a position of power and play to your audience. You can't. You can't. Because that is saying something about your true intent. It really is. I'm not going to play to nobody. I'm not going to play to nobody on this podcast. I'm not. And that's probably why I'm not where I, I want to be. <laughs> because I'm not pandering to an audience. I'm not pandering to a popular message. And that doesn't make me better than Devon Franklin. That doesn't make me better than nobody. That just makes me me. That's just the way that I'm playing this. That's just the direction I want to go in. So don't, I, I'm not sitting here saying I'm better than him or better than somebody else. They, this is just the direction I want to go in. Because I'm tired of us supporting a culture that tries to make women think there's something wrong with them if they're not married. It's just not true. But it's interesting that he's saying all of this and he said that he's had such a... He's had such a problem with it, but he's a man. Why do you have such a problem with what they're saying about women as opposed to what they're saying about black men? He's a black man. You know the struggles that black men go through. You know, the, 
like the first time I seen him speak in person was at a black men's event. It was at a black men's event. <laughs> it was a black men's event. And what he talked about at that event was catered to black men. So from what I'm getting is my assumptions is that this event that he was speaking at was solely for black women, for, for women. I don't know if it was black women. I'm assuming it's black women based off of <laughs> how the crowd sounds. <laughs> but yeah, so this is a problem when you're in a position of power, a position of popularity, a position of celebrity that you're only catering to the audience you're in front of. I feel that that's a problem. You may not agree with me, and that's fine. But I feel that's a problem that you're only pandering or catering to the audience you're in front of. You can have a message selectively for the audience that you're speaking to, but not just in the position of solely i mean it's just what it is it's pandering it's pandering you're making them you're you're putting out a message that is not challenging them is not holding them accountable in some type of way you know you're putting out a message that is solely making them feel good in the moment and that's what this is this is really and i have a problem with that I mean, I just I just do. I have a problem with that. <laughs> you know, Eve came into this world to be with a man. To be a partner with a man. God sacrificed the peace of Adam. To create Eve. So that they could be together and help each other to be partners But I feel like, you know, that message will only be pandering to a certain group of women. Not saying to all the women, because I know there's a lot of women out there that don't feel that way. There are a lot of women that do uh, believe in partnership and being a helpmate to a man and stuff like that. So... Uh, I know that that's definitely will only resonate with a certain group of women. You know, um, God didn't create Eve to be independent from Adam. That's why he created her from Adam so they could be connected. They can be partners. But that's why you got to be that's why that's why I always say you got to be careful the people that you listen to. And that's why it's very important to to be connect, connected and, and use your critical thinking skills and not be so caught up into the common sense of things or the popularity of things or just what's of the norm and following what everybody else is doing. You know. It's just, 
It's just um it's just sad. But let me see where I'm at now. Um this pretty much is the celebrity popularity portion of the pod. So um Let me see where I'm at now. So Tyler Perry, he he posted a a picture of this is what this is the caption that he had. Um he says this photo was taken at my house. I bought these chairs from an auction because they belonged to Abraham Lincoln. We both sat in them and had a conversation. I wondered when he freed the slaves could he have imagined that one day a descendant of those slaves um would become a president of the United States only in our America and with all of her flaws. What a great country we live in and we must fight to keep our democracy. Happy birthday to you, Barack Obama, President Obama. <laughs> and what's crazy about this. And um, I believe that he deleted the, the, the tweet after the backlash from this, but Barack Obama is not a direct descendant of slavery. <laughs> I mean, we have to understand Barack Obama's lineage. Barack Obama had a white mother. Barack Obama is technically biracial, even though he's considered a black man in America. But his father is of African descent, has no ties to America at all. So Barack Obama is not necessarily a descendant of slavery. (laughs) Barack Obama's father was Kenyan. Barack Barack Obama's father was not a descendant of American slavery. (laughs) So this is the problem with popularity celebrity and being in these positions of power and giving out this this misinformation this wrong information but people following behind it because for one they're going to stick to what's popular they're going to attach themselves to celebrity and people are ignorant and don't want to do their own research so that was it for that situation i just thought that was that was funny i just thought that was funny so let me end this this celebrity um popularity segment of i guess that's a new segment now the celebrity popularity uh <laughs> segment <laughs> I, I don't know i'll figure out a, a a catchy name for it later but here's a uh tweet a couple of tweets um and i don't know if it's true or not but we're gonna roll with it it says, dude at the barbershop today said he spent 40K on Beyonce tickets for him and his girl. Even showed me the tickets on his phone with the receipt. He works minimum wage, lives with his mom, and does, doesn't have a car. Only reason he had the 40K is because his grandpa just died and left him an in, in inheritance. He's 24 and she's 21. They've been together for less than a year. Pray for this brother. (laughs) Apparently, the only thing she wanted was to go see Beyonce. She said 
He didn't have to get her anything for a birthday, Christmas or Valentine's, as long as she got Beyonce tickets. She even said she'd be happy if her just got. I'm reading it how it's written. She even said she'd be she'd be happy if her just got her a ticket to go by herself. But he got tickets for both of them because he wanted to share the experience with her. Oh. <laughs> they asked what did his mom say and he said his mom doesn't know and he's never going to tell her but she's going to find out eventually because she knows he got that inheritance and she's going to ask about it eventually and it's not like he can put it back the next day this is the things that people do for celebrities bro these are the things that people do to satisfy, to get attention, to prove themselves that they're worthy, that they have value. This is a, if this is true, this is a bad move on his part. 40K in an inheritance. I, I, I will pray that I will get 40K in inheritance. I could pay off my credit cards. I could pay off my car and have no debt other than my home and my student loans. And I will keep the rest of that money and put it in an IRA account and compound on some interest. And I'll invest some of that money into the stock market. Bruh, we're just it's the, in the black community and the black culture, the quote unquote culture. We just got the wrong mindset, bruh. We just we just in this space where we feel as though that we got to do so much stuff to prove ourselves and and show that we're balling or we we out here we living life whatever you want to call it, bro. <laughs> this shit is sad. This shit is sad. But yeah, that's it for the celebrity <laughs> popularity point portion of the podcast now we getting into the blackity black woke segment the blackity black woke segment and i'm gonna start off with this topic right here this is a clip right here here we go i want to dive a little bit deeper into this chart um again not only are white caucasians the majority in this country they've been afforded a lot of opportunities for hundreds of years um and advantages for hundreds of years so with that they've converted it to um building wealth, right? Generational wealth. And it's, it's allowed them, and I'm going to show in other charts, to gift their children um, more down payments, um, pay for their college, and make it so that it's a lot easier to purchase um, to purchase homes because you have less debt, uh, you have the down payment, uh, part of it gifted, and you also have uh, some form of wealth. So let me stop the clip right 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 quick and um i'm gonna give a context on the clip the clip is talking about um race and ethnicity of home buyers in 2022 so in 2022 88 percent of the home buyers were white slash caucasian eight percent were hispanic and latino three percent were black and african-american two percent were asian Pacific Islander and 3% were other. I thought this was interesting because damn, 88%, 88% of the home buyers 
in 2022. It's 2023, so that was just last year. 2022, 88% of the home buyers were white and Caucasian. So they're still just building wealth. They just they they building wealth over and on top of each other. They just building wealth. And they passing it down to the kids and all that other stuff. They just building it. Building it up. So let me finish playing the clip. In the form of higher incomes, right? So I think looking at these charts is going to reveal more information. But, you know, it's not just... And I've seen a lot of news saying that, oh, black people have to do better. Yes, we, we all need to improve and, and get better. But when you look at the statistics, um, we're all falling short um, outside of the white Caucasian. I don't get, I don't care about nobody outside of the the quote unquote black and African American community. So you know what I'm saying. I don't care what he's saying. This is a black dude talking. Group. So I think it's it's information like the stuff I put out and different pages that's gonna level us all up. Um, the focus has to be on increasing our income, reducing our debt, and buying more assets. I'm gonna do a series on this report uh, for this up. Yes, I agree with him. Increasing the income. But what I totally agree with is reducing our debt. We all know. Well, I ain't going to say we all know because some of y'all probably don't know. In American society, black people are the highest spenders. We are the highest spenders. Like our amount of spending is in the trillions. Like if you take our amount of spending and apply it to other countries, I forgot, we'll probably be in like the top, we're definitely in the top 10 of spending with other countries in the world. I believe we're probably in between the top five and top eight of spending in the country. I'm not the country, the world. So we definitely have to reduce our debt and use that money to build the assets and one of the the easiest ways to uh build wealth is through real estate through property land and stuff like that and of course i know that there's been plenty of moments throughout history where black people have done that and we've been stripped of that real estate, that land, that property and such and such like that. But this is very telling. 2022, 88 percent, 88 percent of of home buying and stuff has come from white people. <laughs> so it's just something to think about. And I just wanted to point that out first, you know, the first portion of the blackity black woke segment. <laughs> but um. Here's a topic right here. Senate Democrats block oversight office to monitor U.S. U United States aid for Ukraine. How convenient that it is the Democrats that is trying to block that. When we know we have a Democrat, a Democrat president in Joe Biden, who his administration, his office is giving tons of money to Ukraine over and over again it says um the u.s budget deficit has hit 1.6 trillion in first 10 months of fiscal year more than double what it was a year ago joe biden is is sending tons of money over to ukraine while our economy is solely 
is just getting worse. It's dying down. It says this is uh, from August 10th. Biden asks Congress for another 24 billion for Ukraine. Okay, this is says breaking. The United States has just sent another 200 million in aid to Ukraine. 200 million dollars to Ukraine today and Maui doesn't even get a comment. This was in the beginning of all of the Maui uh quote unquote wildfires. Um So I'm introducing the Maui wildfires right now. President Biden announces one-time payment of $700 per household to folks who've been displaced by Maui fires. And what's interesting about this 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 um headline is that majority of the properties over in Maui are million dollar properties. So obviously these people have some money, right? They have money to afford to live over there. And they are giving them $700 per household. <laughs> uh <laughs> but they've gone but the Biden administration has gone overboard spending sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, a country that we don't know about. At least I don't know about. I don't know nothing about no Ukraine. I ain't never been to Ukraine or nothing. But they giving billions of dollars to Ukraine over the past several years. And it was a report that came out a couple of days ago that said that um, a lot of the officials over in Ukraine have been buying properties over in other countries from that money that they've been getting from the United States. I'm not saying that is true, but that is what the report says. But that's y'all president, right? Remember, he said y'all not black unless y'all vote for me. <laughs> Ukrainian top officials allegedly use USA to purchase luxury vehicles and homes in Spain. Like, it should be, we should be at the point where we should be looking at the Biden administration that they're committing treason at this point by giving all this money to Ukraine and all the stuff that's happening over in our country that's been happening for years, decades, centuries, homelessness, um, failed infrastructure, all that other stuff. But but that's that's why I always say all these presidents that get in offices, they have their agendas already in place. They have their, their people that they're looking out for, their businesses, the people who have donated to their campaigns and stuff like that, these corporations and stuff like that. They're looking out for them first. They're not thinking about nothing. No, None of these presidents care about the real um, improvement or the the improvement improvement of the country or the the safety security and well-being of the people who voted for them they don't care they don't care they just don't yeah so the article says 
Senate Democrats block oversight office to monitor U.S. aid for Ukraine. And this is from the New York Post. And it came out in July 27th, 2023. So let me see if I can. I know I had that that article saved somewhere. Let me see if I can pull that joint up so I can read some of the um read some of the the article. Let me see. Here we go. Um Let me see. All right, here go the article. Let me see if I can. Let me just read some stuff from it. It says, Senate Democrats banded together Wednesday night to oppose the creation of a new office to audit U.S. military assistance for Ukraine as part of a provision in the annual defense spending bill. Forty-five Democrats, including every member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, voted down an amendment to establish an office of the lead in inspector general for ukraine assistance as part of the fiscal 2024 national defense authorization act um the democratic opposition which included several senators in vulnerable seats such as jackie rosen of nevada joe manson of west virginia sherrod brown of ohio and bob casey of pennsylvania kept the amendment from clearing the required 60-vote threshold to be a part of the bill. If passed, it would have allotted $10 million from the NDAA's $886 billion budget toward the creation of a 30-person Inspector General General's office. Um, Senator Roger Wicker, Republican of Mississippi, and Senator Jim Rich, Republican of Idaho drafted the provision. Quote, I am dismayed that my Democratic colleagues withheld support for this reasonable, effective effort to conduct additional oversight of USA aid to Ukraine. End quote. Wicker said in a statement, quote, lawmakers are far better positioned to support Ukraine when taxpayers feel confident that their money is spent on and on a transparent and effective basis. I will continue promoting rigorous oversight of Ukrainian military aid as I also push the Biden administration to provide Ukraine the weapons it needs to win this war, end quote. So, yeah, the article just goes on and on and on. But when it comes down to it, it shows you that they they playing games, they playing sides and all this other stuff. So, yeah, moving along. This says Russia got richer last year, even as the war in Ukraine raged on, while the U.S. and Europe lost trillions of dollars, UBS reported. Russia added $600 billion of total wealth, the Swiss bank found in its annual global wealth report published Tuesday. The number of Russian millionaires also rose by 56,000 to 408,000 in 2022, while the number of ultra-high net worth individuals, people worth over $50 million, jumped by nearly 4,500. So it's kind of odd to me that, you know what I'm saying, um, the United States has this deficit. We're giving all this money out to Ukraine. For this this war that they're having, 
this alleged war that they're having against Russia. But Russia has gotten richer, and the United States and Europe, which are allies, have lost trillions of dollars when we have a deficit. Strange, but hey, what do I know? All right, moving along from the blackity black woke segment. Oh, let me say this about the Maui stuff. And uh, I'm just going to say this. Just seeing all of the videos and the pictures and stuff like that. And I've seen it plenty of times before with wildfires in California and stuff like that. It's always interesting that the cars and the houses are totally decimated, but the trees are still intact. And that's it for the blackity black folks segment. <laughs> so moving along to some movies and TV, the movie and TV segment. I'm just going to focus on TV at this point. And this is for a particular reason. So um, two TV shows that I wanted to bring light to. There's actually three, but so let me start with. Yeah, it's actually three. So let me start with this one first. So the Netflix docuseries called painkiller check it out very interesting it's not a even a docuseries it's a um it's a regular it's a limited series it's it's um like a by a bio like a bio type situation they're talking about the opioid um pandemic or epidemic that is going on in america and how it started and um the the company and the family that runs that company started it and and how they started it and stuff like that very um deep heavy uh limited series is a very good watch though very good watch and it just shows you how big and influential far the pharma industry is in this country and how you can't trust them and Considering what we've all been through the past couple of years with the uh, with the juice and with. um, (laughs) Y'all know everything we've gone through the past couple of years and has seemed as though that is ramping up again. So look out for that and what they're trying to sell you. But, yeah, very interesting how Big Pharma uh plays a role in how they definitely control a lot of what goes on in this country. You may think the people that you're voting for ha- have power, but they don't when it comes to the people who are lobbying for them, donating to their campaigns and stuff like that. So check out that that uh that show, that limited series Painkiller on Netflix and holler at me. <laughs> but to the other shows that I'm going to be talking about on the um, movie TV section are Unprisoned, this show called Unprisoned. You can find it on Hulu. And let me pull up the description for it. Uh, here we go right here. Um, it's on Hulu. It says, um, it stars uh, Delroy Lindo. And uh, what's her name? I'm just I'm just totally catching the blank. So let me hurry. Let me just pull up the <laughs> let me pull up the wiki. Um, 
Kerry Washington. It's starring Kerry Washington. Lord have mercy. I'll forget that. <laughs> so it said, this is the description of the show. It's called Unprison. Very good show. Very good show. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. And I, I say it's a good show because it deals with mental health. It deals with mental health in the comedic aspect. It's, it's very tasteful. It's not distasteful at all or anything like that. It's very it's very tasteful. It, it focuses on mental health, um, relationships with your parents, how your relationships with your parents dictated your relationships with other people, et cetera, et cetera. Beautiful show. Uh, it's a beautiful show to me. It says a messy but perfectionist relationship therapist and single mom's life is turned right side up when her dad gets out of prison and moves in with her and her teenage son. Very good show. It's just funny because I've watched the show several times. The first season, I believe, is like six or eight episodes, and I've watched it twice already. And I, I plan to watch it over again because um, I feel like I want to do a whole show just on a whole epi- podcast episode on the show. And I feel like I will do at some point. So I feel like I will watch it again. So check that show out. Like it, it really dives into how your relationships with your parents and um, how your parents raised you and your childhood affects your adult life and stuff like that. And Kerry Washington is the actual therapist in the show. And even though she's a therapist, she still deals with a lot of mental health issues based off of her relationship with her dad, who is Delroy Lindo. And and that's what I try to that's no, it ain't no try. That's what I talk about plenty of times on this podcast when I focus on therapist um, situations on social media, viral moments and even celebrities and shit. We always think that these people, because they have they are popular or they're celebrities or they have some type of financial wealth uh, that they're they had they're perfect or they are um above us and stuff like that but they not they just regular ass people just like us they just in a different position than us or they walk in a different path than us and this show points out perfectly the stuff that i always talk about these therapists celebrities and all these other people who have popularity and stuff they're just regular people just like us stop trying to live your life through them projecting things onto them and through them and all this other stuff live your life man live your life walk your own path but check the show out Unprison. i will be talking about it again it's on hulu Unprison with kerry washington and Roy lindo great show so the next show that i just finished watching yesterday on Apple TV. And shout out to Apple TV. Apple TV is is the is the one. That is the streaming service. They have great um original programming. Man, I cannot say enough. Signing up for Apple and actually paying that monthly fee is probably the best <laughs> entertainment that I've had the past few months. They have the best original programming right now. Point blank and period out of Netflix, Max, Peacock, all of them. Apple TV is the one. So this show right here called Un- called Crowded Room with um what's my main name? 
that play that Spider Man. He's Spider Man right now. Um, what's my man name? Damn. Uh, <laughs> Tom Holland. Tom Holland. He's the star of the show, and um, Amanda Seyfried is on the show as well. She's the co-star of it, and Amanda Seyfried. She's from um, um. Damn, what's the damn show? What's that damn show? I mean, not show, movie. What's the damn movie? Um, Mean Girls. Mean Girls, yeah. Amanda Seyfried was the ditzy, um, she was the ditzy airhead from Mean Girls. Yeah. So, she's the co-star of that show. Man, this show right here, like I said, I finished it yesterday. It had 10 episodes, first season. And I think it's just a limited series, so I think that's it for it. I believe that's it for it. Ten episodes, Crowded Room. Crowded Room was a great show. It was a great show. It was a deep show, and it was a heavy show. That show had that show had me. <laughs> that show had me. Um, you know, uh, that show had me. And that show had me deep into you know, my, my mental health journey and stuff like that. It had me going back and, and, and revisiting things that, that I need to revisit or things that, you know what I'm saying, that I've talked about before while I was in therapy and stuff like that. I can't really tell you that much about this show because it will give away, it, it will be a big time spoiler. So I'm going to read the description that they're giving but i can't tell you that much about it so it says in manhattan in the summer of 1979 a young man is arrested for a shocking crime and an unlikely investigator must solve the mystery behind it before the true criminal strikes again and i would love to to just go deep into talking about this show but i can't because i'm just introducing it to you and i want you guys to watch this show Maybe I maybe when I when I talk about the Unprison show, when I do the podcast episode of the Unprison show, I'll bring that one back up and talk and I can really delve into it and talk about it. And I think by giving y'all some time to watch it, that'll be good. So yeah, I'll hold off on talking about these two shows in depth. But uncrowd but crowd I keep saying uncrowded. Crowded room with, with um Tom Holland and Amanda Seifert, check that joint out. It's a heavy one. It, it deals a lot with mental health as well and how your childhood and the things that you've experienced in childhood, your traumas and stuff like that, can deeply affect you in your adult life. Man, them shows was good. Them shows was good, and they, they're, definitely, they're definitely relevant to everybody because everybody has some sort of childhood trauma, trauma or things that they've gone through that still affect them to the, to this day you know some people don't notice it some people are self-aware of it and not working on it some people are self-aware of it and working on it and some people have healed from it and uh using their experiences to help other people so yeah that was the tv and uh movie <laughs> segment so i'm about to play this clip this clip is actually I've recorded of my, I've recorded two clips of myself after while I was watching the the uh, crowded room. So I'm gonna play this clip right here, and it's kind of low, 
but um i was laying down when i recorded it was like early in the morning <laughs> while i was uh starting my day so i hope I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the volume up as high as i can for it let me see here we go we justify the things that happen to us <clears throat> as being our fault for me for example the things that happened to me as a child that I've had to deal with all my life and the things that I talk about all the time in therapy, I look at it as me not being worthy, not being enough. I don't deserve it. So I've gone throughout my whole life when something good doesn't happen to me. I didn't deserve it. I wasn't worthy. I wasn't enough. Or when my basic needs aren't met, my basic emotional needs, my basic mental needs, my basic physical needs aren't met, it's okay because I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. <clears throat> so when things go bad or I end up making them bad, it's because I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I don't deserve it. Yeah, so like I said, I was laying down when I recorded that. <laughs> so I was like early in the morning. It was like 8 something in the morning. But yeah, just piggybacking off of that clip or whatever, um, like I said, I recorded it when I, you know, was watching the crowded room. And, you know, I started thinking about, you know, um, my journey, my, my mental health journey, my emotional journey and stuff like that and how um, – the main the main portion of of what I've gone through in my life has been centered around me feeling as though that I'm not worthy, I don't have any value, I'm not enough, or I have to do I have to do this or be a certain way in order to get love or attention or be heard. So I look at every I've looked at everything as though as it being conditional. And most of the, the the love and the attention and, and stuff that I've gotten has always been conditional. And it was, um, I came across a post that kind of spoke to that. And let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. Um, all right, I got to go to an outside source to find it. Um uh, here we go. It says, um, okay, here we go, right here. Um, all right, sorry about that. The sound had popped up. But it says, a man whose mother didn't show much affection tends to partner with a woman who rejects him intimately. He tries to avoid this by being everything for her, but inadvertently attracts a controlling 
domineering partner who only shows love conditionally. And that's true. That's pretty much like majority of of what I've gone through um, with my uh, mental health journey. Me seeing as though me feeling as though that I'm not enough, I'm not worthy. And that's that's not so solely based on just my relationship with my mother. There's also relation uh, based on my relationship with my dad as well. But majority of it is my mom. But I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't experience that solely just with my romantic relationships. I've experienced that with all of my relationships. I felt as though that I had to prove myself a lot. I felt as though that I had to prove myself or I had to hide myself because I didn't feel worthy or I didn't feel like I was enough or I didn't feel like I had any value to myself and stuff like that. Um, A lot of the things that I've gone through, I went through as a child was um, me being pushed or being um, trying to find the right words to say this. Um, I I was made to feel small or made to conduct myself in a small manner, if that makes sense. Um, so in the midst of me going to therapy, I've been going to therapy for over 10 years, as y'all know, the the um, continuous listeners. But these are the things that I've been trying to work with over the years or whatever. And this is why I say the podcast has been one of the big things that has helped me get through that. You know, not caring about what other people think, me speaking my opinion, me being myself, et cetera, et cetera. But that clip that I played was solely just like speaking to a lot of like the main focus of what my mental health journey is where it started from where's what I've had to go through where I'm at now and stuff like that trying to um, believe in myself know that I'm worthy know that I'm enough know that I have value um, loving loving myself know that I'm worthy of love unconditionally and stuff like that you know etc etc but yeah so let me move on to this next clip. One of the first lessons that you get at CIA, one of the first lessons they tell you is that there's a strong connection, an empirical connection between childhood trauma and high achievement. That the science is out there. I've looked it up on my own. The, the connection is extraordinary. That people who, who experience the right amount of childhood trauma, the right amount being enough that you had to prove something, but not so much that you had to adopt external coping mechanisms, right? Whoa, well, is it like drugs? Correct, drugs, addictions to pornography, uh, substance abuse, submitting yourself to the authority of others, right? Like there's a certain amount of trauma, that's the right amount of trauma that turns you into this high achiever. Yeah, so with this clip, I found was interesting and relevant was that um, a lot of people, everybody has gone through trauma i mean nobody nobody's gonna convince me otherwise 
Um, and there's it affects people in different ways. Some people are high achievers. Some people um, go to the point where they um, they're high functioning, high achievers, and stuff like that, or they fall victim to substances. Um, everything is pretty much a substance. Overworking, um, drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, attention, stuff like that. So we all are navigating this this world in this in this it, through our trauma in some type of way. We all doing it in some type of way. Um, do we know it? Do we see it? Do we understand it? Um, who knows? You know, um, that, that solely comes down to the individual. How are we healing from it? All that other stuff. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just wild. And that's why uh, I have an issue with piggybacking off of the beginning of the pod with the situation with um, Kiki Palmer, Usher, and the the child's father and stuff like that. And, you know what I'm saying? Um, doing all this stuff at the expense of somebody's mental health and whatever trauma that they've gone through and even with the Devon Franklin stuff and, you know, pandering to people's um, unaccountability and stuff like that is is we got to stop doing this shit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Moving on, moving on. The person you are choosing to be in a relationship with should come from a place of wholeness, not emptiness. I'm choosing to be with you because you are an addition to the wholeness I already have within, not because I'm using you as a band-aid. I think a lot of the times we think that a lot of our relational injuries and trauma bonds and toxic relationships and codependency have a lot to do with our childhood trauma and also our environment. But what I find a lot of the times is that when you find yourself struggling in these types of relationships, it's because you're disconnected from your purpose. When you feel like you have meaning to your life outside of a relationship, that's where the wholeness comes in. That's where it's kind of like, I don't even have time to like deal with tomfoolery or someone who doesn't know if they want to be with me one day and then they do want to be with me one day. Like, I don't have time for that when I'm on a mission. A lot of the things that we try to deal with was kind of just like the practical stuff alone. So like the attachment wounding, um, the childhood trauma, the inner child wounding, all that stuff. It has a deeper meaning. This is why a lot of the times if you have just the awareness of these things alone, it's like you constantly feel like you're going in this circle because you need to be connected to purpose and you need to identify who it is that you are outside of your traumas, outside of any relationship with anyone else. If you're single and you're interested. All right. So, yeah, I definitely agree with her, but I agree with her to an extent. I don't think there is no and or or. I do feel as though that the trauma is the foundation of our our negative thoughts, our fears, our anxieties, and stuff like that. I do agree, though. I agree with everything that she says, but I don't think there's no or. I think there is a and. I think the and is, I think, yes, you can have childhood trauma. And while you're an adult, that that, that childhood trauma can still affect you and part of it affecting you is if you're solely focusing on it or you haven't healed from it to the point where you can't detach yourself from it or you haven't healed from it. So you can't detach yourself from it. I feel as though that you can have that child trauma 
heal from it and have a detachment from it. And part of it is you finally releasing yourself from it and moving along with your purpose, finding out who you are as an individual outside of that trauma. Because a lot of people will attach themselves to whatever trauma that they have and use it as a defense mechanism and say that's who they are. I talked about it plenty of times before about how so much in my 20s, I was such an angry person. I was always on defense and stuff like that. So I thought that's who I was. I thought that I was ultimately this 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 fighter, this person who had to fight for everything and all this other stuff. And that my trauma is what made me this way. And I'm going to run with it. And that makes me this strong, this strong man and all this other stuff. No, that was just me holding on to that trauma and not letting go of it. And me Wanting to be on defense mode all the time is because I'm trying to protect myself from being hurt again or me trying to control how much the pain that I feel from from dealing with other people or the pain that I feel from being out in this world. I'm trying to control it by feeling as though that I'm in control of it by being this tough guy. So I don't feel there is no or I feel there is a and. That childhood trauma is relevant. It is the foundation. And yes, part of the healing process, and this is me coming from a person who is going through the healing process, has been going through therapy for 10 plus years, that you do have to detach yourself from that childhood trauma and understand that that isn't you, that doesn't make you who you are and that by you exploring other things in life and stuff is the way to finding out you know what interests you have what things that you know i'm saying you should be pursuing your purpose and stuff like that that's how you um effectively move away from holding on to this trauma or believing that's the only thing that you're you're worthy of or you know saying a part of and stuff like that because one of the things that from just being a man period you hear a lot you know don't be don't worry about these women out here you know saying go ahead and, and and do something figure out what you're supposed to do in your life i had a conversation with my brother before and he was telling me you know what i'm saying don't worry about the women you know what i'm saying just go ahead and do what you got to do work on the stuff that you want to work on experience the stuff you want to work on and you know what i'm saying that'll come and that's something that men we we under we've heard this conversation before um you know um go out just go out here and stop worrying about the women the women will always be there the women will flock to you know to you when you making that money and stuff like that and i'm not saying that i agree totally with that concept (laughs) because i feel as though um men should be in touch with you know i'm saying their emotions and stuff like that and not walking the path of just being totally numb and not focusing on anything else because in a lot of these situations when when men men are more uh prone to be to have tunnel vision and in that tunnel vision, you can um, disconnect yourself from relevant relationships that you should be having with your family, your friends, your children, whatever. But, yeah, I don't 
just based off of this clip, I don't feel as though that there is no or. I feel as there's an and. Yes, your childhood trauma is the foundation. That is that is something you need to heal from, detach from. And part of that is by finding your purpose and living life and experiencing different things. So, um, yeah, but just, just going back to it, like just speaking on my experiences, like, you know, a lot of people, and I see this a lot with, with, with women and just going back to the Kiki Palmer situation and stuff like that. And women projecting and aligning themselves and attaching themselves to the situation or whatever a lot of people feel like you know what i'm saying um the things that they've gone through with men um made them stronger and and all that other stuff and that's who they are and you know that that just gave you trust issues you know what i'm saying that gave you abandonment wounds and rejection wounds and stuff like that you know that puts you in a survival mode. You know, a lot of the childhood traumas and stuff that we've gone through put us in survival mode. It, it made us hyper vigilant. You know, um, it kept us away from having deep connections because we all focus on protecting ourselves and stuff like that. You know, a lot of us are holding on to pains and, and traumas that we did experience from childhood. And we we just brush it off and make it seem as though, you know, that's that's who we had to be. You know, that's who we grew to be, you know, to to make it through life. That's that's how we you know, that's how we build up the strength to make it through life. You know, life, you know, life in the world is, is cruel. So, you know, we these these situations, these moments that we gone through as a kid, they made us strong. And that's how we got to navigate through life, you know. But that's not normal, you know, <laughs> that's not normal. We're just, you know, operating based off of trauma. We base, we're operating off of um, a defense mechanism. We're operating off of, you know, um, trying to protect ourselves and stuff. You know, we're trying to control the pain that we experience. You know, it's, it's not normal. It's not something that's normal. <laughs> it really isn't. All right, so here's another clip that I recorded of myself um, after me just just watching the crowded room and stuff like that and something that I, I'm piggybacking off of from the 100th episode when I was talking about um, self-love ruining or hurting the black community. And even just piggybacking off of the last episode, the 100th episode with the fellas and that question that I posted them about um, is self-love killing the black community? Was it bad for the black community? And I'm sitting here just thinking and, you know, thinking about life, my life, things that I've gone through, um, things that I see on social media all the time and stuff that people talk about, particularly in the black community. And all you hear is independent, 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 independent. And that ties into a lot of the self-love movement that is being pushed a lot throughout the black community. And we look and you got to look at it like, you know, (laughs) 
we talking about all this independent stuff I got to do with myself, I got to do with myself, self-love, love yourself, all this other stuff. And all those things are good to a degree, but we use these things as, as like these big titles or these, these big movements that put us in positions where we're competing with each other. We won't help each other. We won't support each other. We won't come together and be unified. And you see how effed up our community is, you know, but we're so stuck on this, the culture, the culture and being independent, whether you're a black woman or a black man, or I got to love myself, love myself, love myself. You know, we always putting ourselves ahead of everything. And not saying that that's wrong, you know, because we should have moments, spaces, times where we only solely focus on ourselves. But what are we doing after that? Are we giving back to our community, to the culture? What, you know, is it genuine or is it to get something in return? Everything with us is always transactional. Because we're always focused on the independence or the just loving ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't say that better myself. <laughs> yeah, so um, you see what this this episode is about. This episode is talking about how we we just we just so stuck into our our trauma. Our, our projections, our fears, our anxieties and stuff that we we don't want to hold ourselves accountable. We don't want to hold nobody else accountable and stuff like that. It's just all about, hey, just popped in my head. I got to get mine. You got to get yours. I got to get mine. You got to get yours. It's just as simple as that. It's like, what what is the end game? We don't have no end game because we solely focusing on ourselves. We solely focus on on ourselves and how how good we can feel in the moment, whether it's through a social media post, a social media meme, a celebrity or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But here go a clip. I, I need to finish this part. Partner off. If they are OK or if they are upset with them, it's a form of emotional monitoring, which is a trauma response to growing up in an unstable or abusive environment. Don't get upset at them for asking a million times, but give them the reassurance they are seeking. The reassurance is actually helping them heal. That's the problem that I have. You have every right to get upset if a person's constantly asking you for reassurance when you are giving reassurance time after time. We don't know if this person is codependent. We don't know if they have dependent personality traits. Yes, it could be from a lack of stability in childhood. It could be from an abusive childhood as well. But that cannot constantly be an excuse. This person has not developed a level of emotional autonomy or emotional independence yet. If you are that kind of person, you're trying to find a way to resolve your anxiety through the means of somebody else. Constantly asking for reassurance is overwhelming. It's overwhelming to family, to friends, to your partner. You're constantly asking for reassurance and they're constantly giving you reassurance. Eventually, you're going to communicate to them that what they're doing is not enough. Yes, I totally agree with this. I agree with this on both ends because I've been on both ends. I've been the person who has been emotionally overwhelming. I've been the person who has done the emotionally monitoring i've been the person on the end has experienced it so before i started going to therapy and all that other stuff and understanding what was going on with me and um 
I was that person who was always, I was hypervigilant. Look it up, hypervigilant. Look it up. Use your Googles. Use your dictionaries. Hypervigilant. I was hypervigilant. And I still deal with it from time to time. You know, um, these the things that you have experienced never really go away. You just learn how to work through them or how to, you know, um, self-regulate yourself if you're in a healing setting, if you're actually working on your healing. And I used to deal with that all the time with feeling as though um, I always asking the person I was in a relationship was wrong and all that other stuff or feeling that, you know what I'm saying, something is going on or, you know, I ain't heard from them yet. So um, I need to hit them up to make sure that they still um, they not mad at me or something like that. Or I ain't do something or say something wrong uh, earlier, something like that. Like this was my life. This was my life before I started going to therapy in my early 20s. And even before that, I learned this shit from my childhood dealing having situations with my mom when I was a child and I've I, I know the exact situations I won't say them on here but I've talked about them plenty of times in therapy exact situations where this stuff came from you know what I'm saying I, I know where this stuff started from so I agree with um Kitty Rose this is the the woman who was speaking I don't agree with the dude. This dude, he's a popular dude, and he be saying some shit that I don't agree with, but he be pandering to women. But that's another story, and I'm not going to go into that. But just be careful about these dudes that be pandering to women, these these Dirk Jacksons out here in the world. But Kitty Rose, um, she holds both sides accountable. But I'm, I agree with her that it is not cool. It was not cool for me to do this to the women that I did it to. I overwhelmed them. I put pressure on them. And I didn't understand it until I started going to therapy. And also when I experienced it myself, it is actually, I don't, I feel that it is is actually a form of abuse. You're abusing the person that you're putting this upon because you're making them feel as though that they're not doing enough or that something is wrong with them and you're putting them in an overly stressful situation. And I get that now. I get that. I get that after going to therapy and actually experiencing it myself. And this is what it comes down to, understanding. Where is the understanding that we have on both ends? We be so caught up into our pride, our egos, and not having self-awareness, not having emotional intelligence and stuff like that, that we, don't, we can't give other people grace and we can't give other people understanding. It is bad to do to ha- to to be doing this emotional monitoring. It is. And I wish I knew this earlier before I put it on people. But I'm glad I found out at some point. So I had to get to the point where I didn't beat myself up for doing this in the past. <laughs> so that's another thing. But, yeah, it's bad to do this. So let me move on. Sometimes your needs are actually too much. This is usually not what you're going to see on social media, so I'm here to give you a little bit of nuance. So we all have basic needs in a relationship like trust, support, loyalty, compassion. But we also have to talk about how all of your needs are not always valid. Sometimes your needs are actually coming from a very unhealthy place. We have a lot of this content that says your needs are valid and you should be able to get whatever it is that you need out of your relationships. 
But we have so many people who are still operating from victim consciousness, kind of like a wounded place to the point where their needs actually become very controlling in relationships. Yes. So now we have people saying things like, OK, well, my needs are. I agree. And this is why I had this clip after the initial clip, because they tie into it together. I had it took me a time. That was a burp. Never burp. It took me a while to understand that. Um, yes, we all have basic needs as, as humans. But that doesn't mean that our partner or the person that we're in a relationship with is supposed to fulfill all those needs. And we can't expect them to. And I had, I had to learn that. And I'm still learning that, you know. Um, and that's why I, I've been more intentional on doing doing certain things for myself and focusing on a lot of uh things that i'm interested in projects that i want to work on stuff like that because i know that that builds a certain um character or builds a certain value for myself that i don't need from another person right but it can be with and this this what she's saying in this clip so far is ties into the emotional monitoring or whatever. Sometimes your needs can be too much for one person. And that don't mean that you're supposed to go out here and, and get those needs fulfilled from another person. That's where the cheating and stuff gets involved. And I've talked about this plenty, bef plenty of times before. I have gone out here and I've cheated because of I felt as though my needs weren't being milk, met. But... I didn't need to actually get those needs met from another person. I just needed to build myself up. I needed to build my worth and my value and stuff up. And those are the things that I've been working on being intentional about, the things I've been working with my therapist with, being intentional about building up my own value, myself, my worth and stuff, and not solely focused on another person doing it. But... When you get in those situations, you can be controlling. You can be so controlling because you're so stuck into your pride, your ego, and your fears and your anxieties of of whatever it is, abandonments, rejections, um, fear of the unknown, et cetera, et cetera, that you're trying to push and force yourself or your agenda onto the person that you're dealing with. And my partner has to text me back as soon as I text them. Yeah, um, right I there. need my partner to do it in this way in order for right. me to be happy, in order for me to feel good. And we don't actually see how we're turning into the people that we kind of complain about at the same right. time. So it gets to a point where it's like, yeah, your needs are actually too much. When you get to a point where you're using your... It's a form of self-sabotage. You, you can turn people off. You can turn people off by being too much in the moment not being in control of your emotions and your fears and your anxieties and stuff like that needs in this very specific way to try to control the outcome control how people interact with you control whatever it is that you need in order to feel secure about right you're trying to control every aspect of the relationship every aspect of that partnership because you want to feel comfortable in that moment. That's why I always be saying you got we got to be careful. Particularly women got to be careful about this this that cliche term of being prov provided and protected for in a relationship. 
because that a lot of that comes down to your fears and your anxieties and stuff and your unresolved or unhealed traumas that you're going through. That's what it that's what a lot of it comes down to. You want to feel 100 percent in control of the situation. So you'll even control the 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 pain that you feel that you're going to experience or that you assume you're going to experience. And sometimes it's not coming from you. Sometimes it's stuff that's been projected onto you. Yourself, it is actually too much. I think we have to understand that if we really want to get to a place of security, we have to get to a place where we aren't looking for the world to work around our wounding exactly. and really caretake us almost like a parent would. To the Yes, we're looking because of these childhood traumas these unresolved traumas these unhealed traumas that we've gone through as a child we try to run and control the world around these things we want everything to be perfect we want the world to parent us we want our friends to parent us we want our bosses to parent us we want our co-workers to parent us we want our our partners that parent us. We want the followers on social media to parent us. We want to get out. We trying to parent. We trying to parent every situation through every part, every aspect of our lives. Point where we don't learn how to manage our triggers and we really don't learn conflict resolution yes. in a relationship with someone. <laughs> yes, bruh. I mean, it. It's a hard pill to swallow. Trust me, it's a hard pill to swallow. But I honestly think it's a beautiful thing. When I hear stuff like this, I feel like it's a beautiful thing because for it's a beautiful thing for me because it's opening my eyes up to shit that I need to I need to fix or or I need to heal from. Not even fix. I need to heal from. Or I need to grow through. Because Oh man, let me move on. <laughs> yeah, but that that emotional monitors and stuff is exhausting. It's exhausting for for both sides. The person who's trying to get reassurance and the person who who's trying to figure out what the hell do I need to do to reassure this person? So I got to stop going through this stuff, or I'm eventually going to walk away. You know, it creates tension. It it, it creates um, it starts to become a pattern. Um, it starts to create resentment, hatred, dislike, you know, it, it's, it will become an issue to the point where it will break the the relationship or the partnership. So I came across a, a clip and um, it's a person who is uh, explaining his theory behind what the meaning of Instagram is. And I thought that it was very interesting and it was relevant to the conversation right now. So let me play that. And the, the person who's speaking is KT the Arch Degree. That's his name. That's his handle on, on Instagram and stuff like um I think on Twitter as well. He's the son of Dr. Savy. You know what they call it Instagram, right? Yeah. Because most people think it's like an instant telegram because it's about sending messages and information, mm. but it's really an instant gram of dope. So Instagram is actually dopamine 
it's electronic dopamine virtual dopamine so you know that's why it's getting pushed so heavy because women want attention attention has to deal with dopamine release mm -hmm. dopamine is known as the reward hormone and we call it the reward hormone not because it rewards you but really that it motivates you because the only reason why any reward has any value is because you worked hard for something. If you get called up on stage to get an award or a certificate or anything of the like, and you ain't did nothing for it, but everybody thinks you did, you're going to feel like hollow man. Yeah, so I thought that clip was interesting. And it, I, I felt it though that it was relevant to the conversation or whatever, is because a lot of the the things a lot of how we navigate through the world today comes from social media a lot of these highs that we get this instant gratification this overstimulation and stuff like that starts from social media and it, i felt as though that it really heightened when instagram came along like i've been around during the times of black planet uh, MySpace, the beginning of Facebook when it was only for college students and stuff like that. Um, and I was around a little bit for the beginning of Twitter. I didn't really get too heavy in Twitter, but when Instagram popped off, like social media exploded when Instagram popped off. And it was like this, this heavy, this, this, this rush this this quick high or whatever it's like when when Bama's um sniff that coke or smoke that crack rock or shoot up that heroin <laughs> the heroin it was that quick rush or whatever it was something about Instagram and and I feel like Instagram is like pushing a lot of of, of this dysfunction and this degeneracy that's going on with the black community or the quote unquote black culture or whatever. And we we just we just we just falling into like this this trap of it. Like it's it's killing relationships and stuff like that. It's just is um is 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 allowing people to pro project and not take accountability for things and stuff so it's just like it's it's like real deep and heavy it's like a cloud over i feel like instagram is more of a cloud over um the the community and the culture or whatever as opposed to it being something that is is really fun you know a lot of people see it as fun because it is um it's providing a a, a space for them to to be reassured or um reassured in their their uh their negative ways of thinking and stuff like that is 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 emphasizing a lot of the 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 ways that they don't have to take accountability for stuff it's like it's just it's it doesn't carry too much of a uplifting or oh it's, it's hard to describe it's just like a it's, this is just how i see it is it's like a downer it really is a downer like it it it, it has its, its moments of, of of it's like a bad it's like a bad relationship where 
you you you'll have your good moments that you'll hold on to 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 stay in a relationship to keep the relationship going but overall the the relationship is filled with with arguments and toxicity and negativity and mistrust and stuff like that that's how i see instagram and i had a couple of more topics to go but i think i'll save them for next episode and i feel like i just need to to leave off with with that (laughs) i feel like that's just just need to leave off with that so Shout out to all the Spotify listeners, Apple Podcast listeners, Google Play listeners, Stitcher, Amazon Music listeners, all the streaming service listeners. Shout out to all the YouTube viewers. Shout out to all the people who have um, watched the new show on the Taste to Consider Network on YouTube. Taste Reviews, Drink Edition, episodes one and two are out now. Episode three will be coming later this week. Um, like, share download, um, subscribe, do all that good stuff for me. You can donate to the show as well to my, um, my, um, what the hell is it? (laughs) I'm getting a blank because I'm so hungry. My cash app, my cash app is dollar sign rip, uh, 81. That is dollar sign RIP 81. You can donate to the show, to the network. It will be going to the network. Um, specifically, it will be going to the Taste Reviews Drink Edition um, at this moment. Uh, so, yeah, continue, you know, um, supporting me. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all the DMs. I appreciate all the likes, the shares, the comments, the follows. Keep them coming. You know what I'm saying? Um, if I don't respond to the comments, I probably mean you need to send them to the DM because I really try to... Uh, limit my uh time going through comments and stuff like that um but yeah send them to the dm and stuff like that like i said um i will have other guests on the show but it has to make sense so if you feel that it makes sense for you hit me up and we'll work it out see if it makes sense for the both of us um it's a taste to consider podcast i'm your host Derek silver and we out